Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. And we are back. This is the Bash Mania podcast. I am your host, Justin Bash. And we've got another great episode today. Today, NCAA champion and Olympic hopeful Seth Gross comes back on the podcast. I'm pumped to dive into some funny stories he has and, of course, dive into his faith as we always tend to do. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen. Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you listen to podcasts, be sure to subscribe to Bashamania. And if you enjoy this episode, be sure to leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It's bu- let me tell you something, brother. He gave us everything he had in him tonight. What you gonna do when Bashamania runs wild? Oh, it's gonna be a good one. And business just picked up here on the podcast. Oh, yeah. He goes by the handle God's Wrestler 133. My buddy Seth Gross, how are you, man? I'm doing great, man. Can't complain too much. Just uh, trying to enjoy things right now, and uh, yeah, just 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 spending some time fixing up my my new house and uh, hanging out with the fiance and my buddies in town. So it's been fun. Yeah, that's got to be so much has happened. First of all, since the last time we talked on the <laughs> podcast, I mean, we text every day, but the last time I think you came on the podcast was just after the Olympic trials were postponed. You weren't engaged yet. You're still in the apartment. Now you're engaged. You got the house, all these things. So I guess we'll kind of cover some of this ground. The First of all, moving has to be a blessing and a curse because with yeah. the quarantine, there's more time than ever to do home projects, but you, I, I refuse to go to Lowe's. I don't want to like not <laughs> wear a mask, but I can't breathe in them because I got like nose issues. I have my adenoids out. Yeah. It's a pain. So I'll send my wife, but then it's like, she doesn't know what she's looking for or it takes her longer because <laughs> she's not used to it. So I can imagine like and I know from moving before, like I'm at Home Depot, Lowe's, all these stores every five minutes because you forget Yo. stuff. Like what the heck was, was that process like? Dude, it's wild. I mean, our, so our whole closing was interesting. Everything was interesting. Even like so we've done we've done a lot of projects already. We've completely redone the floors. Um, sanded them down, uh, stained them, put the poly over them. We painted the whole house. Um, we do. We did a bunch in the backyard. We're putting some mulch out there right now. We're doing a ton of projects already, and we've had to go to Home Depot a handful of times, and it is insane. Like I've never like I haven't seen. I don't see that many people there. Like when there's not quarantine. Like right now, it's like yeah. insane. Like there's some people standing at the door, like counting, making sure that a there's clicker, like, right. right yeah you can only have like a certain amount in the store at a time and it's it was nuts like yeah we tried to limit limit you tried to go and get as much stuff as we can that one trip uh ended up having you know, always forget something so we ended up having to go back but uh yeah it was crazy it's been it's been nuts and you were telling me too your closing was curbside <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah they, 
Yeah, because I was actually excited, you know, we, we to get to meet, like, you know, the owner of the house before we bought it and uh, do the little closing deal and yeah. do a little celebration. And then, yes, yeah, so they literally brought a packet of things to sign, chucked it in my window and said, call this number if you need anything. So I signed them, signed them, threw them back, and that was, that was the closing. So it was... It was weird, but got it done. And I saw one of the pictures your fiance posted, and I noticed right away. It looked good, but the first thing I noticed was the Traeger in the window. How have you been? Oh, into, yeah. you, you, now we've got you the Traeger like a month ago, maybe maybe longer. Yeah. We haven't been able to use it because you're in an apartment. How how exactly. amazing is that thing? First of all, <laughs> dude, I like I grilled a little bit growing up, but. This is another level. Like I feel like a man now. Yeah, here having that. Like it's like freaking. I got some pride going out there cooking on it, and uh, right. it's it's awesome. Like I, I actually got a big old brisket I'm gonna be making uh, today, so I'm gonna throw that on the grill. Let it sit until late later tonight. But uh, dude, I've been using it nonstop. Like every meal, even things that I wouldn't normally. I normally throw in the oven. I've been throwing in the trigger and uh, right. making, definitely making use of it. And do, like it's the same for me because I lived in a loft for three years and I ate out every single meal. I never cooked. Yeah. Now I rarely oh. go out, not even because of the quarantine, because these things are amazing. Like yesterday, I had a pork shoulder on one and salmon cooking on the other because I was yeah. cooking the pulled pork yeah, so. at like two fifty for eight hours, but I wanted some lunch, mm-hmm. so I turned the other one on to five hundred <laughs> to the salmon on. That's awesome. Yeah, I saw you got the what is it, the Pro Eight Eighty Five or something now? So or? the I have the Pro Series Seven Eighty, and they just sent me the Ironwood Eight Eighty Five, which the yeah. only which is sick. But the only downside to it, and it's not a downside, but you have to really let it season. That's why I'm doing some longer really? cooks because you want that yeah. smoke flavor, you want that seasoning. The other one's so yep. broken in, but it's sick. Super smoke, all these things. It's funny because now yeah. I'm like. I, I try not to post as much as I want to because I'm like, people are going to get sick of me <laughs> cooking the same thing. But it is. You get so prideful. I remember I posted a picture of Baby Backs a couple of weeks ago, and somebody's Dude, like, they're like, you, somebody like DM'd me or tweeted something or like, Dude, you can't be wearing sandals with those with that masterpiece. You need to be wearing a pair of Nike Monarchs. So, <laughs> so I couldn't remember what those that are. I'm awesome. not like the biggest sneakerhead, so I look up like, oh, these are the yeah. classic like American dad grilling <laughs> yeah. shoes. And, yeah, and speaking funny. of speaking of the Traeger, this is one thing we've been talking about. Right when the Olympic trials got postponed, you had mentioned to me in like a text or something, like, hey, I don't even know if I'll be able to make 57 next year. And as I'm thinking about you triggering, I'm like, I'm thinking about it more and more because I don't know how has this impacted your weight. Like, number one, you're done competing at 133. So technically you could, I wouldn't say you're going to shrink your body, but I mean, you have a one-year plan now. Like, have you given thought to that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that was kind of, I was nervous about that. So I was, you know, I was thinking about it and like all year I was like, man, like 33 has been a little bit tough and 57 was terrible, you know, a year from now, and you know, how am I possibly going to make 57 kilos? And uh, so I was a little worried about that, that I was going to get real big after season. And, uh, you know, typically in the past, I guess it's been a little different with my injury and different things. So I blew up a little more than I normally would, but, uh, yeah, I thought I was going to get big, but I, I've been waking up weighing 140, 141, and I'm eating good. I feel good. And so I think that as long as I, you know, I stay disciplined on my diet, eat the right things, and, uh, you know, keep my body reasonably, you know, 140, 142 range for now, and uh, 
I think I'm, I think I'm sitting really good for 57 kilos. And yeah, I was surprised. I thought I'd get a lot bigger than this, but it's been it's been good. And I think like this sea bass? year to really. <laughs> Seabass is looking like <laughs> yeah. a 49 pounder. <laughs> uh, Trist, Tristan Moran on our team. I just saw him for the first time yesterday. <laughs> oh my goodness! I think he he weighs almost 180 right now. It's <laughs> and for, insane. And for the casual fans listening, because I know when I first really started following the sport, I didn't know the the translations that well. 57 kilos is like 125 pounds. So it's really walking around 15 pounds over, which. I guess consider this the off season right now. That's not that bad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely. Yeah. I thought I was going to easily be 145 or so by now, but uh, yeah. That's. What, I mean, obviously, when I get closer, I obviously want to be probably more in the eight pound over range on a training basis, just so my body's really adjusted to that weight. So yeah, I got. I mean, I got plenty of time now. So it's just, you know, probably four or five months from now, I'll slowly, you know, try to be a pound lighter each month and hope eventually walk around at 133 ish are you trying to prevent getting too big at all or is it just like you're doing whatever that's where you're naturally staying with what you're working out yeah yeah right now it's pretty you know i'm just doing whatever really really just eating drinking whatever and uh working out and haven't gotten that much bigger and yeah i mean i've weighed weighed you know after workouts i think two days ago i was like 138 and a half and so it's 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 crazy. Like it was, I feel like it's easier now than during the season to make 133. But uh, it's crazy how it works. What are you doing right now, working out wise? Um, so it's been, you know, trying to sneak in places here and there and figure out mat space. And it's been it's been tricky. I actually got uh, Nick Becker on, my, on uh, the RTC. He brought over a bunch of like uh, weights and stuff, and I got those in my basement. So we've been doing uh doing uh what do you call them uh like uh circuits down there different thing yeah it's different circuit like 30 minute circuits and then going on runs and then every time i can get in a wrestling room get in there and roll around and grab a guy and get in there and uh yeah it's been definitely not easy but as long as you as long as you you know make an effort i think that you can find mass space for the most part does it turn your desire up even higher when you take this much time off like not only wrestling as a whole because you are like getting in a room here and there but to, this has got to be the longest. I mean, your surgery was kind of an anomaly, but this has got to be the longest where it's like, man, I'm healthy and I'm ready to go and I can't yeah. do fully what I want to do. I'd imagine that only increases your desire even more. Yeah, I mean, this is really tough because I'm just, I mean, wrestling-wise, everything-wise, I really just love to compete like in everything. And, um, you know, now, like, during the summer, usually at least they get to go in the wrestling room and do some, like, team con, you know, play some handball, right. do something to compete, get that competitive stuff out. And being stuck at home, you know, I got me and my fiance, and, you know, <laughs> we don't have too much to compete over and stuff. So it's been <laughs> it's been a little, a little trickier to get my competitiveness out of me. But, uh, yeah, it translates into board games and getting competitive with that, I guess. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely tough. And I, I love, you know, getting out there and uh, – competing in every chance I get and I'm one of those guys who if I had the opportunity I'd be wrestling every single weekend and uh yeah so it's 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 definitely first time by you know not being able to where I'm, my body's healthy and able how how often are you in talk with like Reader and Bono and everybody uh pretty much I mean pretty much daily we'll at least text a little bit uh you know Bono usually gives me a phone call a couple times a week and we chat and uh yeah, we stay we stay super in touch about everything and guys on the team we do a team call with and uh yes. 
it's good. It's tricky, you know, to to do the whole team get on a Zoom call every week because people have things going on. People, yeah. you know, guys on the team are starting to work and stuff, but we try to keep in touch. So one of the reasons why we've been chatting about you coming back on today is I've been trying to have at least one episode of the week when I'm doing two, three episodes a week that kind of keep it light. Last week, Chenzo yeah. came on had me dying for a half hour straight with stories of being 30 <laughs> pounds over going to Fargo. And you told me you had some stories to share. So I said, all right, let's run it back this week. So the floor is yours. Tell me and, and the audience some, some humorous stories, please. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's start off. I guess since, since Vincenzo had a Fargo story, I'll tell my Fargo story, uh, making weight and all that. And uh, so this story was me and um, my buddy Malu where he's a three-time state champ for Minnesota, and we were uh, we were dummies about our weight back then. And uh, you know we went through Fargo camp, and we're in, we got the big cafe there, so we we're like whatever, we'll figure out our weight when it gets closer. And we're just pigging out and not really caring, training and doing whatever. And um, it's starting to get closer, and between like Fargo. Uh, Fargo camp in Fargo, you got like two days, you go home, and then you head on out, and you're there like a day before you get there, and we were just eating, doing whatever, training, and we head on out to Fargo eventually, and we're both probably 10 to 15 pound over range, like <laughs> ridiculous, we're, we're high school, I think he was, uh, he was probably 106 or 112 at the time, and um, I, was, I was going 112 for that tournament. And I was probably at 10, 15 over. And when you're a little guy like that, that that's a lot of weight for a <laughs> yeah. few days. And, you know, I went up to the coach. I was like, you know, I, I probably didn't take it as serious. This is my this is my freshman year. I probably didn't take it as seriously as I should have. I was, I was like, oh, man, like whatever. You know, I'm a first-year cadet. And uh, I go up to the coach. I'm like, hey, uh, you think I can bump up a weight? And he's <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> oh, really? yeah. I didn't hear his story. I got to listen to it. But yeah, I was like, hey, is it, is it good if I go up a weight? Like, you know, whatever. And he's like, uh, we already have all our guys at 119. Like, you can't bump up. There's not a spot for you there because there's qualification stuff for Fargo. And I'm like, oh, well, well, well crap. <laughs> I, guess, I guess I got to make weight now. And um, so I remember we freaking had me and my buddy were in the same boat. And we just had plastics on. We made the we made the sauna in the hotel room. We had everything going, getting down to weight. And that first, so we had two days. The first day we got probably like six or seven off, and we still probably had about five that next day to That's go or wild. something. And yeah, yeah, it was terrible. And uh, I remember we had our sauna suits. We were running outside the Fargo heat, back and forth, back and forth. I collapsed on the ground. And I'm like. I can't go anymore. I can't do this. And he's like trying to pick me up. And then I finally get going. Then he collapses on the ground. He's like, yeah, yeah, we can't, we're not making it. And it's just going back and forth. And we got to the point where we just could not run anymore. We could not do anything. So our coach grabs us and he throws us on a treadmill inside, jacks the room up. And I remember like, I'm crying on the treadmill. I'm like, I can't do this. I'm not making weight. And he's just like, he's not having it at all he's just on me he's like dude quit being a freaking baby about it like keep going and he's like roll doing the arms for me on an elliptical and my buddy's like collapsing on the treadmill and then um we got to a point where we were just doing nothing we were worthless in there so they brought us up to the room uh the hotel like uh wait or the hotel so we made like, a little sauna in our room and uh they chuck us in there and i remember like we were dying in there i crawl on out and my buddy's like can I just please have one ice cube? And he's like, 
sitting on the corner, just one ice cube. And the coach was like, no, get back in there. If you go for 10 more minutes, you can have an ice cube or something. I'm like, oh, he just keeps shoving us in there. And eventually we get down and we're on weight and um, we make weight, whatever, we wrestle the next day. And then we decide it'd be a good idea to do the same exact thing all over again for freestyle. And uh, blew right back up to weight. And and uh, this time I thought for sure they were gonna let me bump up and uh, nope same same deal and I ended up having to go through that same type of process but yeah it was was your coach mad at you like was he pissed that you let yourself gain so much weight oh it's, he was so pissed he was yeah he he was not happy he, he you gotta get him on to tell a story he would love to tell he loves he tells a story way better than I probably do but. It do was, you think it that was, yeah. it's funny? I asked Chenzo the same thing. Like, do you think these terrible weight cutting experiences that you can laugh at now, but I gotta believe it helped you get into a better place now, where it's like, look, at any time you do something, you go through something that you don't want to experience again, it helps you not get back to that place. Like, do you think it, it helped you maintain your weight better all through college? I definitely. I mean. It was night and day different when I got to college. You know, you, you, you got coaches and nutritionists and all this that like really help you figure that out. And I never weightlifted in high school. I never, I never really, I ate what I wanted in high school. I was the guy that ate hot Cheetos and pop after weigh-ins, like just terrible. And like, I, there's no way I was competing at the level I could have if you know I was doing things right. So it definitely. I definitely, you know, I think the biggest thing out of all that is I actually ended up, that was kind of where I broke through and I'd never done good at nationals or national stuff or anything. And, uh, I actually kind of broke through that term because I won, I won, uh, the national championship in freestyle as a first year cadet. And honestly, I think it's because, you know, I, I finally convinced myself that I worked, you know, I worked way too hard. I did way too much to get down to weight and mentally I was just like, dude, I cannot lose. How did you rebound that quick? How did you, like I, if you're so fatigued from bur- from burning off that weight? How did you get that that strength back? Dude, I honestly have absolutely no idea. But I had more energy that tournament than I probably ever had like ever wrestling. Like I go back and watch, and I've never seen like I'm really? moving, like I'm jumping around the mat. Like I don't know what it was. I but we had a, we had a pretty good. Uh, yeah, I think that's back when you weighed in the night, or was it the? Uh, I think you get weighed in the morning, but you got you got like three four hours before you actually wrestle and I remember just drinking and eating as much as I could and I, I laid down and slept and I woke up feeling like an all-star and uh yeah it did, did pretty well so that's kind of when I actually broke on the scene but it was it was a crazy crazy experience never 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 put myself through something like that again yeah but I know you have other stories too so did you ever put yourself yeah. through something like that again <laughs> <laughs> try, i mean i've been not to that extent Def, that was by far the worst like i, I if i think about it man it, it hurts to think think about that <laughs> night like it was it was miserable but i mean i've had i've had some other bad ones but not not to that extent i think i've gotten yeah much smarter about it and i don't know what i used to like i just didn't know how to lose weight back then i didn't know what the you know i was eating whatever yeah it was bad so what other stories you got for us all right, let's get, let's do a, let's do one about Bono. This is a funny one. So, uh, <laughs> me Bono reader. All right, so this is this is back at South Dakota State, and um, we all used to play this game, uh, wall ball kind of game. So we had a volleyball, and kind of the goal was you one team serves it, smacks it against the wall, 
ball comes back, you have to let it bounce once, and then you and you, it's two versus two. You 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 get to hit it once, and then your teammates got to smack it back against the wall. And it was me, Reader, AJ Shop, and Bono. And it was me and Bono versus uh, Shop and Reader. And we used to. We got way too competitive. We played this every day. Like we'd show up two hours early to practice to play handball, and it was nuts. Like we would be like tackling each other, yelling at each other, like so mad that we didn't we didn't talk to each other the next days after these matches. Really? It, it got it got competitive. Like it was bad. But uh, anyway, so one day it was getting heated like that. We did a best out of three series. I think Shop and Reader won the first game. We won the second game, and it was coming down to the wire. And um, it was probably, we played at 21. It was like 19 to 19 or something. And I remember we served it up and um, Bono's getting a little old, all right? So he, he's, he's trying to move around best he can, <laughs> I remember. So he, he's run around and he dives. And it's like a slow motion dive, man. When he dives, it's like, and he just completely <laughs> biffs on, the, on hitting the ball, falls to the ground. And Bono just starts screaming. And uh, Reader and Shop are just like thinking, oh, he's being a poor sport because sometimes he acts like that and he, he's being a little baby. So he's like, they're like, get up and finish the game. It's game point. Quit being a quit faking or whatever and right. like just yelling at him. And he's not getting up. And we're like, and I'm like, come on, man, we got this. We're gonna we're gonna get these dudes. And he's like, he's not moving. And we go over there. And he's like, this is serious or <laughs> something. Just like, ah, oh, no, this is not a joke. We're like, dude, what is it? He's like, my calf, my calf. And we, like, looked at him. It looked like he had, like, a little cramp or something. We are like, dude, quit being a baby. Like, this this is get up and finish the game. And uh, he gets up, and this dude couldn't even stand on it, anything. And we still thought, like, he was being a little wimp about it. He's yeah, like, he's whatever, I'm done. And he didn't finish the game. And we were all like, what what a sissy. And then um, the next day, he comes in, and his entire leg is purple. What? Like, his entire leg is purple. His, his calf is, like balled up I mean, it was something serious you, you ask him next time you see him to just look at his calves one is still this day jacked up really his entire leg was purple it was all messed up and he still now he runs funny from it so it was not it was actually a serious thing but it did, was did they ever figure out what was wrong funny. with it did you go to a doctor and say hey my whole leg is black and blue or <laughs> yeah i mean he talked to some people but bono's philosophy for everything is ignored and it'll go away so <laughs> he always likes to be a mr tough guy but he definitely complained about it about every single day for the next probably three months i remember we were out in vegas and he's like hobbling around complaining about it and, and it was funny man and yeah you got he's got pictures of it you'll have to ask sometime but it was we all thought he was just being like a baby about it and and just didn't want to lose the game, but it, it was actually it was what actually like a kind of up. freak injury. So he like basically jumped and fell. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, he doesn't even know how it happens. It was like kind of like a regular dive type thing, and it just like buckled up on him. Like his calf like slung shot up into like oh. the very top, and now it's like all balled up and yeah, weird, weird. It was like a freak, freak little accident there. I like ignoring things, but only because I'm scared of what the doctors will tell me. <laughs> I don't. Literally. I don't think it's going to go away, but like I've had this little tiny cyst the size of a marble in my obliques for like two decades, since as early as I can remember. I refuse to go to the doctor because I think it's cancer. I refuse to go. So I'm that same way. Like I'm not going to go figure it. Right. I don't think it's going to go away. I just don't want to know. Nothing good can come from yeah. knowing, I don't think. Yep, no, I guess that's, that's his philosophy too. I don't know about it. It ain't, it ain't, it ain't affected me. But right. Yeah, so that was 
That was a funny one. So I'll go on another story, I guess. Uh, is, uh, this is so you can ask anybody that kind of knows me, ask the coaches, whatever. But I'm a very uh, forgetful person. And um, <laughs> go on trips, I'm forgetting my wrestling shoes, my hay gear all the time. I don't have my singlet. And uh, you'd think, you know, big show comes around, NCAA times, that I can at least remember my stuff for that. But um, so this is where that's, this story comes into play. So uh, this is uh, 2018 when I won the NCAA championship. And um, it was uh, – so I made the finals, whatever. And you have a break all that day, and then you wrestle at night. So uh, I was just rela- relaxing, sleeping all day, and uh, hanging out with my family in the morning and then uh, getting ready to go. And, you know, I pack, pack all my stuff up. Um, head on. Well, I think I pack all my stuff up. I head on <laughs> over, and I had given myself a little bit of extra time to, you know, get a warm, you know, probably thirty minutes extra, and then I'd have to start warming up once I get there. And um, we show up, and we get to the door, and they're like, uh, "Credentials." <laughs> and I'm like, "All right." And I start digging through my bag, and I'm like, "It's, it's got to be in here." I didn't take it out. Dig it through. There, the, I'm like, "I don't got my credentials," and I was like. Look Come at my on, ear. Like, yeah, like <laughs> I'm wrestling in the finals tonight. Like, can I get in? And they're like, Nope, need credentials. Like, dude, I gotta warm up here in 30 minutes. Like, and our hotel is a little bit of ways away. And I'm like, Come on. And then like Bono's trying to get in and like trying to figure this out, like how I can get in. And like he 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 gets in and goes talks to the head table. And they're like, It's like 500 bucks to get a replaced credential or something. What? And we're just like, he, he's about to spend the money. And I'm like, Dude, we can't like. We, we didn't have the biggest budget at South Dakota, so I was like, we got to figure this out. So Connor Brown, our little 125-pounder, and uh, Sean Smalley, our RTC guy right now, go back to the hotel, and they uh, decide they're going to try to go find it real quick. So they sprint on over there, and they're, like, tearing my room apart completely. And I'm sitting there freaking out because i got to get warmed up to wrestle in the freaking NCAA finals. Right. <laughs> they're tearing my room apart, looking for it, can't find it. They're like, dude, we can't find it anywhere. And... Um, Literally, we're about to have to pay $500 for a credentials to get me in to warm up to wrestle in the finals. And finally, I guess I had put it in a plastic bag for some reason, like underneath two Gatorades. I don't know how it got there. I I don't think I put it there. Somebody freaking set me up. But uh, it was, they finally find it under that after destroying my room. So I go, I went, like I wrestled the final, I get my warm up in, blah, 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 wrestle the final. I come back that night and I just remember my mattresses are flipped over. Every all the clothes in my bag are spread out. Like these dudes ransacked my room trying to find that thing, and it ended up being in this little baggie on my desk. And it was crazy. That's just one of the many times I forgot something. But that was definitely uh, probably not a good time for it. So I feel like I've been in situations like that. Obviously, not going to the NCAA finals, forgetting my credentials. But I'm curious. Apart from the humor of it, when you're in a position like that, how do you not just freak out? Is it because you're a Christian, so you're like, all right, God, you got me here. I'm going to trust in you. Like, what was your reaction to that period of time where you're just waiting, saying, uh, I don't know what's going to happen here? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I was freaking out. Definitely was a lot of anxiety, especially before wrestling that match. But I'm pretty, I'm pretty laid back about things, and I was just like, if I got to do a quick warm up or whatever, I'm gonna figure out. You know, I'll, I'll figure out a way to get ready. If I got to start jogging out here, I'll do it. So I think it was more as soon as I knew I left them. It was you know trying to figure out alternatives and approach to that. But uh, yeah, other situations, you know, it's just yeah, my faith plays a big role in my mindset towards things. Because at the end of the day, right, God's plan and purpose is 
better than anything I could imagine. And things happen. Yeah. I've been through situations. You know, I've had back surgery. I got, you know, in trouble on my own accord and uh, dealt with things. And, you know, I kind of developed just like, you know, bad things happen, but they're mistakes, different things. But God's got a plan. And I'm going to trust that it's going to work out for the best. So that's kind of my approach for it. Yeah, and that that's a good good approach to have. And I know we talked about that last time. And if if anybody hasn't heard the first time Seth came on, I'll link that up. I don't know what episode number it is. It was early on when I started this podcast, but it's called the Seth Gross Redemption Story. I mean, that's such an incredible episode. It's one of my favorites. I think it even got syndicated where big outlets like picked up on it. It's yeah. such it's Yo. such a wild story to think, hey, I might I might never wrestle again. I'm selling phones in Target. Was that the last job you had? Yeah. It's yep. got to be, right? I mean, I've done some random, like, yeah. I mean, I've done some, like, random, like, work for some wrestling guys, like, tree work and stuff, or, like, lawn stuff yeah, in the but summers. Like, but, yeah, that's the last, like, yeah, job. How I long did you do that for? It had to be four, four or five months or something like that. So it was, it was a decent amount of time. That's wild. This is why I believe everybody should document everything they do in their life. Because imagine if, like, let's say you make the Olympic team, you win the Olympics, and somebody goes, man, your your redemption story, I think, isn't predicated upon anything that happens in the Olympics. I feel like it can only add another yeah. chapter or more layers to it. But imagine if you had footage, like we're seeing it with the Michael Jordan documentary. I haven't watched it. The WWE is doing one on The Undertaker where... They're filming yeah. him from like 2017 to present. Imagine if okay. you had footage from back when the Undertaker got <laughs> yeah. started. Like it, it's fascinating to just think about. Like imagine if there's a Seth Gross documentary and there's literally footage of you helping somebody sell a phone at Target, not wrestling again. Yeah. Like I don't care about selling phones at Target. That's neither here nor there. The principle to me is yeah. you are selling phones with the intent to never wrestle again. That's what's so wild yeah. to me. Yeah, it's still, yeah, thinking about it, man, it's crazy, and I remember, you know, I remember those days of selling phones, and it was, it was such an odd time in my life, man, but I really, I honestly didn't think I was gonna, I didn't think I was gonna get back on the mat, I didn't, you know, I was weighing 170, 180 pounds, and it was, <laughs> it's wild, man, it just shows that, you know, whatever situation, you know, there's always, you know, as long as you set your goals and you chase them down, you, you got a chance to achieve them, if you're selling phones at Target, or if you're, Having you know, get up off the couch and get started is the big thing. Yeah, and I'm imagining still that's now just burnt. I know for me, I lived out of my car for almost a month. I've fallen and, and hit rock bottom. And once you've kind of hit rock bottom, it you have something that you can't buy, you can't create. You have something that once you've fallen and you know how, like, now that I know what rock bottom feels like, I literally have a fire in me that, there's times I want to go just sulk in bed for an hour, but you won't see that yeah. for like a day or two. Like it's it, it's over like that because you know what could happen. Yeah, absolutely. You, you know how quick like yeah, change it. Definitely, I think you know that's where I learned the most about myself. That's where I learned the most about what I wanted, what I cared about, and really really improved my my faith and relationship with God. And I think it's at those those times where yeah, you feel like you have nothing that you really you really take that big leap forward so i agree completely when you were working at target that's when like when your aunt came in and was really like ministering to i guess you weren't like walking at that point right like you were just kind of doing your own thing like were you like i know that if i'm doing something 
whether it's working for me, it's like cutting the grass, right? Like when I cut the grass, I'm just kind of like praying. And it, even if it's loosely, like it's not the most intent filled prayer. It's just like loose conversation with God. Was there any of that when you were working at Target? Like, God, what do I do next? What do you think? Was there any of that? Or were you just kind of like hardened from it all? I was just a lot feeling sorry for myself thinking, you know, everything's over. I'm going to be, you know, going to community college and hopefully finding a job one day. And that was that. And I was at a point where I didn't have, you know, I didn't, I didn't look forward to getting up in the morning. I didn't look, you know, it was, it was a tough time. And yeah, I think that conversation with my aunt made a huge impact on me and realized like, Hey, you know, you still have things you're passionate about. And just cause a few people took it away from you doesn't mean that everybody is and you gotta, you gotta give it your best shot. And uh, so, yeah, it was, it was, I think it was after that talk with her and as I started seeing that, hey, there, there's still opportunities for me that my faith and I really started talking to God and getting to know him a lot more. And you weren't working out even at that time, right? Like you said, you were you ballooned up. Yep. Yeah, I was I was massive. I got some pictures of that. And it, it is not a tin is not a good sight to see. Well, even the mug shot, you don't look the skinniest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. that, was, that was that big old beard. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and, and I I bring it up because it's like I think there's so much so many times once we go through something and we get over it personally. I was just talking to a buddy of mine yesterday who was reaching out to me because he's just frustrated with, with where he's at. Not because really anything he's doing, but he's just like, man, I feel like I'm doing everything right. I'm on the worship team. I'm in ministry. I'm giving back to the community. I'm doing this. I'm in the word. I'm in prayer. And he was frustrated. And he was asking me, like, I made a post about, like, me basically sitting with my head down in the pouring rain and then me holding my wife's wedding dress and did, like, a swipe, like, how, how amazing God is. And he was, like, he started asking me a question, like, bro, were you always just faithful that was going to happen? And I said, no. I literally stopped what I was doing, went up to my office and typed him, like, an essay. I'm like, dude, can I call you right now? And he's like, dude, I'm honestly a little bit, like, scared to talk on the phone. And so I went up to the office and I, I just typed out a massive essay and I told him about different things he had never known I'd done. And I'm like exposing my own sin. And I was excited because yeah. I know the, that for me, the best part of going through hardship is I know God's going to use it to minister to others. And when you can tell yeah. someone I've been there or I've been in this situation and now look what God's brought me from. It's It, it does so much. So that's why I, I so often want to go back to that just from the sake of like, man, the success you've had and not even just wrestling. Like here you are an Olympic hopeful, but you're also engaged to a woman who's amazing. You just bought a house. Like you could have felt sorry for yourself and continued on that downward path. Instead, you yeah. turned your life around you end up going to South Dakota State. You went to Wisconsin. I mean, it's just like it's it's crazy. Like if I sit back and I'm I'm doing some prep for um, Anthony Robles coming on the podcast on Monday, and one of the things I think he said at the ESPY speech was focus. Don't focus on what you don't have. Focus on what you do have. And if you focus on yeah. everything you've been like brought from, man, it's it's powerful. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I love that, and uh, yes, I mean one of the biggest things that I've that's God showed God has showed me through it all is just like, you know, it's my 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 chance to. There's a lot of people going through similar things. They've been in trouble. They've been through hard things, and now, you know, you don't know. Probably multiple times a week, kids reach out to me and they're like, "Hey, I'm going through this. I know that 
you know, you had your past. How did you get over it? And I get the chance to tell them about my faith, tell them about God and tell them how I did get over it. And um, that's been that's been huge for me. And I, I think that, you know, like, like you said, God, God uses these things in crazy ways. And, you know, and being able to share those things and share those struggles and share those problems and show that, you know, I still have this faith. I'm not perfect, but, you know, it's the point that I'm trying to be, you know, the best I can better each day. And, you know, just as a Christian, I'm forgiven. So that's, it's a huge thing that no matter what I do, right, God's going to love me and there's always going to be purpose in my life. Totally, man. Which is why, hey, look at how easy it is to transition from some funny stories to diving deep into our faith, like that quick. I think when you know what God has done in your life, there's no better feeling than sharing pieces of your testimony. Yeah. Oh, I do. I do have, before before we go, I do got one more quick story from, uh, all right, let's hear I it. guess it kind of ties in with this all. Uh, so this is this is after. So I went through, you know, you can go watch the rege- Redemption episode, kind of hear about that. But uh yeah, so this is the last funny story of the day. Is um, so I got to South Dakota State. I was weighing 170, 80 pounds, out of shape. I was coming in last in all the runs. And um, one day the coaches were out recruiting. They were gone, and um, we had a volunteer coach like putting us through a run or whatever. And uh, we had to run to Perkins and back. And this is like a mile and a half, two mile run, like whatever. Like should be quick and easy. And I'm dying. Like we had just started. Like gone like. 40 yards and I'm already I'm already struggling so me, me and this other dude on the team thought for some reason it'd be a good idea to disappear into the trees and kind of hide for a little bit <laughs> who hasn't done that <laughs> so so we hop in the trees because they go up to the route you go to Perkins they turn around you go around that same way so we thought oh we'll just hide out in the trees here and uh when the team comes back around we'll pop on out and nobody will notice <laughs> I don't know what we were thinking but uh so they start coming back, and um, for some reason, we decided to pop out like right at the front front of the pack, like we're fast guys or something. And uh, <laughs> I think that might have gave it away to the to the coach right away. But uh, I remember we popped out, we ran back, and um, yeah, everybody right away was just yelling at us. And then we ended up having to go running again. Really? And the coach went with us, so. <laughs> It's like, go run. I'm going with you to make sure you go all the way. I can't trust you guys or something. I was like, what an ego so to go that, in the front. <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was at a low point in my uh, training. So that was that was a quick quick funny one to end end the end the what, podcast. But what, what year was that? That was my first year at South Dakota State. So that was 2016. Was it 15, 16, maybe yeah. Six, something like that? <laughs> so that's great. Came a, long, came a long way since then. <laughs> yeah, we all have, man. We're all works in progress. So, listen, man, I love it. Go continue working on your house stuff. Thanks for a uh, fun half hour, and I'm sure it won't be the last one. Yes, sir. Thanks for having me on. It's always always good chat. Of course, man. Text me pictures later of what you throw on the Traeger. <laughs> Yes, sir. Awesome, man. Talk to you in a bit. And that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. If you did enjoy this episode of the podcast, be sure to leave a five-star rating review on Apple Podcasts and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on more episodes. For more wrestling content, be sure to follow Bash Mania on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And follow me. I'm at jbash on Instagram and at justinjbash on Twitter. I'll be back with another episode shortly. See ya. And the beat goes on.